Happy New Year, 9 a.m. Come on. You got out of bed this morning at 9 a.m. Those of you that uh, are, uh, have been around for a while, uh, you guys know that that used to be a, a saying of mine. Give yourself a round of applause. You got out of bed this morning. So uh, I think you deserve that this morning. So give yourself another round of applause. Come on. It's such a good day. I tell you what, um, when I noticed that New Year's Day was on Sunday this year, I got super excited. Uh, I was like, yes, we get to start the year on the first day of the week. Come on, that's cool. Like, you know, New Year's Day isn't always on the first day of the week. By the way, Sunday is the first day of the week, not Monday. And um, I just love new beginnings um, for multiple reasons. But, uh, you know, in, in Huddle this morning, we were talking about, and, and I was praying, and I was just like, God, thank you for being consistent. Thank you for never changing. You've never, you, you never change. However, you give us new things to remind us that you make things new. The sun rises every day to remind us that God makes even the days new, and that's what he does. And being in church on New Year's Day is just a reminder that I get a fresh start. I get a new beginning. I can change. And maybe you're here because you wanted to get the new year on a new, off on the right foot, on the, on, a, on, on the foot of seeking God, on the step of seeing what does God have for me? Is there a God? You've got so many questions. We want you to know that you're in the right place. My name is Adam Harold, and my adorable wife, Tanya, and I have the privilege of leading this community that we call The Refuge. She's a much better preacher than me, as you saw. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled that we get to lead this community that we call The Refuge together. We are a team. And um, if I can just say that not every church that I've been a part of in my life, which has been quite a few, um, haven't always been led by husbands and wives. But I really felt when we started The Refuge, I really felt like we needed to be a church with a mom's voice and a dad's voice. Sometimes, you know, um, every family needs to have a mom's voice and a dad's voice. Would you agree? Like, I think every, every family has to have a dad's voice and a mom's voice because um, kids need to hear from their moms and their dads. And a lot of the churches, the majority of the churches that I've ever been a part of have always had a dad's voice, only a dad's voice. And I just want to make sure that the refuge has a mom's voice as well. And I believe the church is a... Is a is the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's a representation of who Jesus is. However, I also believe that the church is a family. It's the family of God. And, um, and so that's, that's why we lead together, and I, I'm so thrilled that we get to do it together. This last week, uh, we got together with our dream team. Um, there are a lot of different ways that you can uh, get connected to the refuge. 
Um, that's why we do seven minute head start. In the seven minutes, I'm just going to let you guys in on a little secret. Seven minutes just introduces you to another step that helps you get more connected. And so, um, so that's why we do that, because we want people to see and to, to know the steps to get more connected to this body. That's what God's, God's desire for everyone is to be connected to a body, to be connected so that you can grow. And so, um, so we have seven minute head start after service. If, if you're, if you're interested in getting connected, then, uh, we, we invite you to that. But this last week we got together with our team and with our dream team, with our, our whole dream team. So we have a leadership team that's consisted of, of coaches and, and trustees and overseers. But, um, but we also have a, a big team and, uh, we don't always get together. We don't actually, we don't get together as much as we should. And uh, this last week, we just, we got together and we retired 2022 and we celebrated 2023 and what God is going to do. And it was amazing. If you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, follow us because there were pictures taken and there were memories made. And if you missed it, then uh, go and see those because they were uh, we just had a, a, a lot of fun. I thought we would begin our year by asking this question, and that is, what does a new year, new you look like? Tanya, um, when I told her, she was like, oh, it's New Year's Day. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that, New you, New you Day uh, instead of New Year's Day. And now for the rest of your life, you can call it New Year's Day, New You Day. And, um, and begin a new journey of, of the year. And so what does a new year, new you look like? Now you might've come in and you have everything figured out and you don't feel like you need to be a new you. That's incredible. Let me invite you to preach next Sunday <laughs> because I surely do not have it all figured out. And I, every single year I come to January 1st, and I examine what is it that I need to change about Adam Harold. There are some years that I need to change a lot more than I had to the previous year. But every year we have to get to a point where we reflect. And the thing I think I love about January 1st falling on a Sunday is that we get to examine ourselves on New Year's Day together in the body of Christ in the house of the Lord together, and we don't have to think about it on December 31st, right? Because on January 1st, I can come, we can come together, and you can be presented with a challenge, and you can start it that day, and you got the whole year to figure it out. At some point in today's message, I'm going to hopefully challenge you. Hopefully, I challenge you, and so... And, and, and if, I, if I do, then I've got great news. It's January 1st. You get to start it today. So, for example, Jeff did a great job with our, with our announcements. He does every, every week. He did a great job explaining the Bible recap and how we're reading the Bible together. And, and we just want, I want to invite you on the journey of reading God's word this year. Now, I used to think to myself, well, I'll, like, I'll just piece it all together. 
And I'll just read parts of it here and parts of it there, and eventually I'll read the whole thing. But can I say that when I started reading the Bible through in a year, it changed my life? Because what I noticed was that the things in my life that I would, that, that I would be going through would line up with everything that I was reading in the Bible. And it doesn't always happen that way, especially in the book of Leviticus. But when I'm reading through something and I'm like, man, I'm really struggling with my confidence right now. And then I read in that, on that day that our confidence comes, it doesn't come from us, but it comes from the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the Bible says in Philippians. And when you're struggling with your confidence and you read that on your day, you're going, man, my God wants to speak to me. So I invite you to read through the Bible this year. Do it in a way that you've never done it before, or maybe you have. And let it challenge you. This last week, I, I posted on, uh, on my social media um, an invitation for people to join me in reading God's Word together. You can... Um, you can go into the YouVersion Bible app, which, by the way, all of today's notes are available on the YouVersion app. If you want to download that and look for it, find it, um, you can follow along with all of today's notes uh, right there. But um, I invited people to, to read the Bible recap with me. And, um, and if you're interested in that, follow me on, on, uh, on, the, on uh, YouVersion. Uh, just search Adam Harold in the in the in the uh, community part, um, and if you want to follow or if you want to join that plan, you can go to um, my Facebook page and just comment on that. Um, say I'm I'm in and and I want to read the the recap with you, and, and I'll send you an invitation. Um, there's also a, a link on that post. You can you can join anytime. You can join with us and um, read God's word together. It's I've got a good friend named Brian, and um, he encouraged me to buy this book, and it's a, it's a thick book. It's called The Treasury of Christian Discipline. It's an amazing, amazing read by Richard Foster, and it's a compilation of three books together in one, so it's like really thick, and I've got it, and I was like, holy cow, I didn't realize this book was this thick, and um, I called him, and I, I, I texted him, and I and, and, um, I, said, I said to him, man, this, this is so rich. And he said, yeah, I was reading it, but I slowed down because I wanted to read it with you. And I said to him, no, you can, you can go on and you can keep reading. And he goes, it's always better together. And he's right. It, reading and, and, and processing and, and gleaming from God's wisdom is always better together. It's always better together. So we invite you to join us on this journey. If I had one big idea for today, the, the first thing that I want to communicate to you in 2022, 2023, 2023, 2023, it is 2023. One thing I want to communicate to you is this, a new you, according to God's word, because that's why we always look at that's what we always look at. A new you, according to God's word, always looks like Jesus. 
Do you want to know what a new you looks like? It looks like Jesus. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. Um, you can follow along with the screens if they work. Um, every, every time we do baptisms, uh, we have a problem with our projector because we want everyone to be able to see the baptisms. And so they're, they're working on it back there. They might get it up. Hopefully they'll get it up before baptisms. But this is why it's so important to always bring a copy of God's Word to, the, to church. I always say um, that um, it's best to have a paper Bible. I don't have my paper Bible with me this morning. I have electronic, um, and I don't even like it. I don't like it this way because I like to have paper. Like, it's always good to have a hard copy. Galatians chapter 2, we're going to read it in a moment, but I'm going to ask God to speak to us before we do. Father, um, your word is alive, it's active, it's quicker than any two-edged sword, and it pierces my soul and spirit, dividing the joint and the marrow. It cuts me up. So God, I ask this morning that your word would cut me up. Father, that, um, that it would do surgery. That, that it would remove the cancer of my life and that I would follow after you as a result. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Galatians 2.20 says this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In 2022, 20, uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it's kind of funny. But Galatians 2.20 became my favorite verse of the Bible, the entire Bible. Because it teaches me that I have to crucify my old self in order to follow Jesus, in order to become like Jesus. You want to know how to become like Jesus this year? Get rid of the old you. Get rid of the flesh and follow the spirit. I got a news flash for you. You're not going to hear that in every church this morning. So many churches and so many people are trying to do self-help and trying to improve yourself, to follow your truth, to, to get yourself better. But we don't say you have to get rid of the old you. The Bible is clear. We have to get rid of the sinful Adam. I love that my name's Adam, by the way. The sinful Adam, the old us, because every single one of you have to get rid of the sinful Adam, including Adam. We have to get rid of the old self to put on the new Adam, which is Jesus. And that's what the scripture calls him. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul calls Jesus the new Adam. This is the new chance. This is the second chance. We have to get rid of the old self to put on the new. And all it requires, this, this amazes me about God. All it requires is for me to put my faith and trust in Jesus. That's it. 
But notice, I said faith and trust in Jesus. Can I read one of the most terrifying verses in all of Scripture? We actually sang about it this morning. You make the darkness tremble. Let me read for you where that comes from. James chapter 2, verse 19. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you, James says. Even the demons believe this. Even Satan and his angels believe in God. He goes on, and they tremble in terror. The reason darkness trembles is because it knows that God exists. It knows that God is real. It believes in God. So the question for us this morning is what separates us in our belief of God from the demons in their belief in God? What separates you? I was studying this for a sermon way back in the day, like four or five years ago. We were still meeting in the old high school. And I felt like God gave me something that I'm going to use for the rest of my life. And it's the answer to our salvation Because the reason we're saved is because of our faith. Yes, the Apostle Paul teaches that it's not by works that we're saved, but by grace through faith in Jesus. Faith is a vital role in accepting Christ. But what is faith? And I felt like God gave me this equation that I'm going to use for the rest of my life, and it's this. Belief, belief in God, which is what the demons and, and, and Satan and all of them believe. Belief in God plus trust in God equals faith. You cannot have salvation without trust. You have to learn to trust in Jesus. This morning... I've got five things that I want to share with you to help you look more like Jesus in 2023. The reason we do these things isn't for our salvation, but is to display our trust in him. Do you understand that? I can't make it any more clear. Salvation isn't by the things that we do. You're not saved because you come to church on Sunday. You're saved because you trust in Jesus enough to come to church on Sunday. Does that make sense? I can't make it any more clear. There should be more amens. There we go. Five things. You guys got discouraged with the five things. You guys like, oh, man. He really is going to go on and on and on like Jeff said. Five things, real quick. Number one, first thing. The first thing you can do to to display your trust in Jesus in 2023 is to be baptized. Be baptized. Notice, I didn't say get baptized. I said be baptized. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17 is the story of Jesus being baptized. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized. 
by John. John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove, settling on him. And the voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. If Jesus' baptism brought God joy, then guess what? So does ours. You want to bring joy to God this morning? Then be baptized. And the reason I say be baptized and not get baptized is because baptism, not necessarily with water, but baptism is a daily occurrence. Every day of my life, I have to immerse myself. That's what baptism is. It's immersing ourselves. We have to immerse ourselves in our new identity of Jesus. Every day. It's a daily decision. Now, today is the day that we are doing water baptisms. And I absolutely love water baptisms because it is a beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us. You want to get rid of the old self. The best way to do it is to have a moment of your life where you're crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who lives, but it's Christ who lives inside of you because you're buried in the likeness of his death and you're raised to walk in the newness of your identity of Jesus. That's why we do it. Because it's a moment of our lives that we say, I'm crucifying my old self and I'm becoming new. So, be baptized. I'm thankful that we have been have the privilege to baptize hundreds of people over the last six years. Hundreds. But you know why I do this? For the next one and the next one. In the next one. And so this morning, we have water baptisms. And maybe, and, and, and we, we, we tried to announce it, which I, can I be honest with you, we didn't do a very good job of, but we tried to announce it ahead of time. And, ha and, and allow people to sign up. People have been signed up to be baptized. However, at any moment from this point of the sermon on, if you sit there and you're like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I don't know if I should. My family needs to be here. I don't know if I should. I need to crucify myself. I don't know if I should. If you're sitting there and you're wrestling with that at any moment, my friend Elaine is going to be in the lounge at any moment in this sermon. She will meet you in the back to get you all the things necessary to be water baptized today. And you can have shorts, a new shirt. Everyone takes home a shirt. And you can take home shorts and a towel. We have, I went to Walmart and spent $150 on new shorts and, and towels this week because I knew that we'd have more. 
we want to always do our best to eliminate any excuse from people preventing people from making that one step closer to Jesus. Be baptized, number one. Number two, get in God's word. Get into God's word. John chapter one, I read this during our Christmas Eve services. John chapter one, verses one through five says, in the beginning was the word, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness and darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 14 goes on and it says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The reason we read God's word is because Jesus is the word. And every day we read God's word, we look for God. When I started reading the Bible in this way, it changed my perspective because there were times that I would read God's word and I would look for what I needed to do to get closer to God, not what I needed to become to get closer to God. When I discover who God is, I discover who I'm supposed to be. Let me say that again. When I discover who God is, I discover who I'm supposed to be, who God created me to be. This morning, I'm reading the book of Genesis, chapter 1, 2, and 3. And as I'm reading, I read that God made man in his image. That's our original design. To be like God. And all we have to do is put our faith and trust in Jesus. And in that moment, we become like him. It's not, and, and there's still a sanctification process. The Bible teaches that, that God is, is perfecting our salvation. We're going to grow. We have to grow. But in that moment, that's all it takes to be crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Number three, <coughs> spend time with the Father. You want to be like Jesus in 2023, spend time with the Father. I love this about Jesus. I love it that he spent time with his Father. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew in the wilderness to pray. He got alone. He got in an isolated place. He went alone and he sought the face of his father. I love that the most intimate times that Jesus had in scripture were always with the father. One of my, one of my favorite 
There's, there's a few different prayers that Jesus prays in, in the New Testament that I really love, but one of my favorites is found in, in Luke chapter 22. It's just before he goes to the cross, just before Jesus dies. And in that moment, he was close enough to the Father to say, Dad, take this cup from me. Let this cup pass me. But God said, no, son. And it teaches me that I can go to God and he can tell me no and I can accept it because, and I can accept it no matter how hard it is. Even if it's going to crucify me, even if it's going to kill me, I can do it because God's asking me to. But the only way, the only way we're able to do that is if we know him and we know that he never means to harm us. He always wants what's good for us. He always wants what's best for us. But it must come with spending time with the Father. Can I get real with you? Can I get real, real with you? Can I be vulnerable? This is the area of 2023 that I need to improve on the most. I need to spend time on my face, before God, spending time with my Father, talking to Him, letting Him know how I feel, telling Him how I feel, what I'm going through, asking Him for wisdom, seeking His face every single day. Number four and five go together. It's going to speed things up a little bit, right? <coughs> Number four is love God. Number five is love people. If we're going to be like Jesus, we have to love God and we have to love people. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 39 says, Teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses. This is a, a, a teacher of religious law. He's asking Jesus, what's the most important law of them all? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the world in which we live needs people to be like Jesus, number one. But number two and three is the world that, in which we live needs people that love God and needs people that love people. Our world needs this. You know why our world needs this? It's because our world doesn't know how to do either one of these things. Again, something that you may not hear in other churches this morning we have to teach people as believers and followers of Jesus. Listen, I don't always preach to people that need to come to know Jesus. We're not, I wouldn't call us a seeker-sensitive church. I would call us a believer-growing church. Because we have to light the way when it comes to loving God. And loving people, because our world doesn't have a clue. 
So, to conclude, two questions today. Which, by the way, if you're getting baptized and you haven't gotten ready to do that, then you can go and get dressed at this time. If you've got kids to go get, you can go and get them. <coughs> and then come and just sit on the front row. Um, if you've made that decision to get baptized and you, you sat there this whole service and you've wrestled with it, now's your time. Now's your time. How do we love God? And how do we love people? The first question, how do we love God? Well, God is clear in his word how we love him. He doesn't take second place. Let me say that again. God doesn't take second place. There are times in my life that I wish he did. But he doesn't. The first commandment of all, in the, in, the, in the Ten Commandments, number one, commandment number one, you know what it is? Thou shalt not have any other gods but me. God always knew that we would struggle with idols. He would always know that we would struggle with putting things before him. He knows that. Have no other gods before me. But Jesus answered this question in John chapter 14, verse 15. I'm sorry, yeah, verse 15 or verse 5. I don't, my notes have both of them, so I don't know which one it is. It's in John chapter 14. He said this. He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. If we love God, we do what he says. And he says, have no other gods before me. So we make him first in our lives. The second question is maybe a little bit more difficult because it involves people, right? How do we love people? How do we love people? The Apostle Paul wrote a, a book to a church called the Church in Corinth, Corinth the Corinthian Church. Chapter number 13 of that letter is known as the, the love chapter. Not love like romantic love. Love like loving people. Teaching us how to love others. I want to read verse 4 through 7. Paul wrote and he said, love is patient and kind. Now, can I just say, our world doesn't know what patience looks like, and it definitely doesn't know what kindness is. You know how I know that? Because keep reading. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Let me read that part again. It does not demand its own way. Can I just say, this is where we lose it. If you love me, 
you would agree with me. If you love me, you would let me have my way. That's not love. Not, not according to God's word, it's not. It doesn't demand. It doesn't, love doesn't make demands. It's not irritable. <laughs> Love's not irritable. And all the ladies said amen. And all the men said amen louder. Keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. This is what love does. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. You will go through things with people. Can I just say this? In 2023, we'll bring some circumstances. That you'll go with, you'll experience with through people, with people. Circumstances that aren't pleasant. Circumstances that are difficult. But God's word teaches us that love endures love always endures so in 2023 we want to be people who love God and love people now I haven't really thought about how I want to conclude this service um, normally we have a moment where we allow you to um, to receive Jesus. This morning we're doing baptisms. What an amazing, amazing day. Amazing picture. But the best thing that you could do in 2023 to get your year started off right is to say in your heart, forget about in the water, in your heart to say I'm going to crucify my old self so that I can put my faith and my trust in Jesus I usually like to have everyone stand so that we can say that prayer and we can conclude but with baptisms this morning I'm just going to have everyone sit where you sit and I'm not even going to ask anyone to raise your hand or thing like that. But I'm just going to ask. Do you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus today? It's the trusting part that we mess up. So do me this favor. If you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus... I want to invite you to say this prayer with me in your heart. And then I'm going to give you a step to trust Jesus. 
But first, let's say that prayer. Right where you sit, say, God, I know I've done wrong. And because I've done wrong, I need a Savior. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to be that Savior. I believe that Jesus is your son who came to earth to die in my place so that I could live like him. Come into my life and save me. I'm putting my faith and my trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray.